Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. We promised you baseball talk. We got your baseball talk. Joining us on the program, Josh Soon. Josh, welcome, brother. Good evening. It is uh, my pleasure to be joining you guys. This well, is thank you. Yeah, that's kind of nice. This is the fourth and final. Cal, go ahead and kill this music. This is the fourth and final set of the year. The second in El Paso, Albuquerque on the road. The boys got to win a bunch of them if they're going to have an option for the postseason. How's it looking for the team, Jay? Yeah, so she's sitting there doing the math. And, you know, one way to look at it is all the teams ahead of you. Let's say they all go 500, which is actually not that out of the question because a lot of the teams that are ahead mm-hmm. of the isotopes are playing one another. So let's say they just all beat up on each other. They all go 500. Well, that means the isotopes have to go 11 and 1, right? So Love that. there's a chance. Right now, they, they, they've handled business against El Paso big time this year. You know, they, they've had their number. They've won 13 of the 18 matchups. But for sure, you got to win five and really feel like kind of sweep or bust right now. So um, until you're mathematically eliminated, you got a shot. So enjoy it and, um, and be at your best. Or now hear me out. I'm in for a late season run. I'm in the define the odds. Let's have a lot of fun with it. But another yardstick is we're playing our hated rivals, the El Paso Chupacabras. Mm-hmm. We're both full season 60 and 78. We have to at least beat these losers. That's the extra motivation you needed, right? Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you for reminding the audience of that. Yeah, you know, this um, got a chance to mathematically eliminate them as early as tomorrow. Yes. So you can guarantee them, you know, that – you know, whatever analogy you want to use, door shut, coffin, if you want to get, if you want to go there, coffin shut, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a thing, it. too. Um, yeah, you know, all, all of those things are important. And, you know, I put it this way. I, I talked to Pedro Lopez about this before the game, not about the rivalry, but just playing important baseball games. And he's a big believer that if you're going to win in the major leagues, you need to learn how to win in the minor leagues. And, when every pitch matters and every ground ball matters and every fly ball matters. And, you know, yeah, we know minor league baseball. Okay. You got to get better. You know, sometimes you get beat because you have to learn how to throw a changeup, right? Right now you got two pitches and that's enough to get hitters out maybe at one level. But if you're going to get hitters out to the next level, you got to develop a changeup. And in the process of developing that changeup, you might get hit around and you may not win today. That's definitely part of minor league baseball, but also, you got to learn how to find ways to win and do that on a regular basis. And that's why I think the second half has been great, that the records go back to zero and zero, that you look at the standings, you go, hey, we got a shot. we got to be locked in. It's really easy these final two weeks of the season to just put it in cruise control and just kind of go through the motions. And I think that this separates the, the ball players mm-hmm. who just really love to play baseball and really just have this strong, urgent desire to win with those who are just out here because – they happen to be good enough to be out here. We're going to try to translate this conversation to the story of the day, which is turf first grass. 
Josh, you've been broadcasting for a long time. You've been around a lot of fields. Have you seen baseball played on turf in person? Oh, yeah, yeah, lots of times, a whole bunch and of it, times. It's terrifying, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when you get when you get down close to turf, now I've seen turf in like the late 90s, early 2000s, before field turf, and field turf Carpet. is way better than what it used to be. But it, uh, you, you look at some of the, you know, like the, the gaps where, um, you know, like, for example, here in El Paso, they, you can tell that they had to put out new, new turf, new grass. And, and so you can see the gaps in, from where this rolled out to that rolled out. But eventually that grows and that becomes flat. And you can, like, that doesn't happen with turf. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty frightening when you look at it up close. Is Cole Tucker and his beautiful, curly, soul-glow, soul-glow-soaked locks going to clear waivers and come back to Albuquerque? He's probably going to clear waivers. I mean, he did, what was that, two weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. It's all kind of blurring together uh, to me. It's really rare for somebody to get claimed off waivers in the month of September because every team is going through the same thing. Every team's got a roster crunch. Every team is trying to figure out, oh, we had all these guys on the 60-day injured list, and now we have to make room for them back on the 40-day. Or, hey, we've got this prospect from the minors that we're calling up, and he was not on the 40-day, 40-man roster, so we need to find room for him. So he's probably going to come back. You, we haven't talked about this story on air. I know Van and I have talked about it off air, that Alex Manoa never reported to his AAA assignment when he got sent down way back in August. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of any stuff like that, Josh, as guys just didn't like a decision that was made and they just didn't show up? It's pretty rare. I was actually talking to some people in the dugout about it today, and we were trying to come up with the name of a similar player who had done it, and the name that we came up with, there was like two people that had the same name and were like, wait, which one was it? So that's why I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to incorrectly identify. It's, it has happened a few times Usually it's a standoff that ends like after a day or two or something like that. And then the player basically comes to his senses, either his agent, you know, talks some sense into him or his mom or dad does, or, you know, or he realizes, okay, you're going to get fired. If you don't do this, you're not going to get paid at all because it's breach of contract. Um, But it's still, it's unbelievably rare. Now it's very common for someone to come down and be upset and to pout and to take out their frustrations on everybody around them. That happens for sure. But the whole idea of, like, no, I'm not going to play, I mean, it's breach of contract, and there's only 30 employers in this industry. Hmm. So, now, someone's maybe going to give you a chance again in the future, but there's going to be a whole lot fewer teams who are going to give you a chance in the future. Josh, did you have any fun whatsoever with friend of the show life, MLB legend in my eyes, Ryan LaVarnway last week? You know, I really did. I didn't know what to expect. You know, anytime you haven't worked with somebody on the air, you never know how it's going to go, especially someone who has very limited on-air experience, and that's why he was in in Albuquerque to get a bunch of experience. But I tell you what, he's a natural, and he's got a great future for what he can do. And, And I think actually the best compliment that I can give to him is that the first game without him, which was Saturday, it's like the third or the fourth inning, and I looked to my right at this empty chair, and I just went... This is boring. Can Ryan be back? This was so much more fun. Number one, I didn't have to talk as much. Sure. But this is boring without him. I mean, I mean I'm like a phone call away, Josh. Yeah, I'm coming right back. I mean, let me just make this thing happen. Let me just figure this whole thing out. Pilo on the pregame? 
Yeah, Pilo's on the pregame. Talk to him again about just playing meaningful baseball here over the last few months. And also, you know, we, we got this new guy, Julio Carreras, young man who just got called up from double-A. Talked with him about Carreras. Also, you know, Daniel Montano is a guy who earlier this season was buried on the depth chart so much that he was just placed on the development list, which means you're healthy, but we just don't have a spot for you. So you're just going to sit and watch baseball until we have a spot for you. Now he's hitting cleanup. And so just what it was like for him making the changes that he's made in order to put himself in this position where he's having a, a great last month. And again, he's betting cleanup tonight. If I had an idea of how the rest of the season was going to end, I would say it would probably be tough to go 11-1 and one and kind of watch the guys in front of you tumble down. When you're talking in the clubhouse or you're talking to the guys, do they have a realism about them? Or is it, hey, we are going for the quote-unquote chance? You know, I think that most of those conversations, guys just have kind of like internally, you know, there's this, when you, when you play this many games, it's really hard to sit there and just go like, hey, we got to get hyped tonight because you have to just maintain this same level every day. You know, like the whole idea of like, oh, no, we're trying really hard today. Well, then what were you doing yesterday? And what were you doing the month before that? You know, it's like slow and steady is what wins the race in baseball. It's so much different than football and even basketball where there's a couple of games a week where, you know, like I'll never forget, you know, Jeff Kent, you know, just the ultimate curmudgeon guy, right? And, you know, my first year that I was covering baseball as a print reporter, Jeff Kent was on the 2000 Giants. And I remember, like, going to him after somebody got hurt, you know, and I was like, oh, and, and asking him some, like, question that I'm sure I would cringe at if I heard now. And I remember he just looked at me, and he was like, you're not going to get a, we need to give it a 110% quote for me. He goes, that's just not how it works. He's like, there's no, like, trying harder. He's like, you try hard every day, no matter what, you just bring the same thing every day. And I remember just going, okay, so – this is cliche, but I've actually come to appreciate that a little bit more, you know, that it has to come within and that if you're sitting, you know, now there's times that you got to get in a teammate's face and say, no, you're not, you're not ready. You're not bringing it. You need to be more focused or whatever, but like guys just don't have those conversations. It's just unspoken because that's what it means to be a professional baseball player. So I'm assuming in your fantasy draft, Sushan, you went Cooper cup first pick. J.K. Dobbins, second pick, and Aaron Rodgers, third pick. Is that correct? <laughs> you know, it feels like that's how my fantasy team went, if you were to look at the number <laughs> of points that I scored in week one. But fortunately, I did not take any one of those three. All right. In your time covering all the different sports you have covered, obviously primarily baseball, you just made a point that I thought was interesting. Major League Baseball player does seem to come with a different mindset than other sports because I do feel that NFL player does need that pep talk right now. They do need that energy like New York Jets player or whatever to contribute. What do you think is the wiring that's different from baseball to maybe some other sports? Is it the number of games? Is it the clubhouse culture? What is the thing that creates that internal accountability? I mean, you have to start with just the number of games. I mean, yeah. just the quantity of games. I mean, you think about if you were to be, like, hyping up, jumping up and down, you know, like banging helmets into people, you know, like bouncing around and doing, like, you know, put it this way. Think about a, a post-game celebration when there's a walk-off. 
if you were to do that type of thing in the clubhouse or in the dugout before the game, you'd be gassed by May 1st, right? You just, you just can't develop that type of intensity before every game. You're just going to run out of it. You know, um, so much of it is – it really is a marathon. So much of it is about just preserving your body and just getting yourself ready for tomorrow. That, that's one of the biggest parts of baseball is winning today – but also getting yourself ready to do the exact same thing again tomorrow. And, you know, and then you get to a certain point and then it's like, okay, no, now we got to sprint, right? We, we've had this steady pace for however many games you want to put that number on. And now we have to sprint. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's like life too, you know, because of that, you're not just taking one road trip every other weekend. You're, you're, you're a full on week long in a city or, you know, we're three games and you're in the major leagues and, you know, I, I, and I think that's also part of minor league baseball is learning that. You know, in college baseball, you play three, maybe four games a week, and so maybe there's more like rah-rah. High school, it's one or two. The coach is probably really trying to rev you up for those one or two high school baseball games. That's right. part of minor league baseball is learning what it takes. Sush, you don't have to go too elaborate right here because I'm going to ask you this question a bunch at the end of the year. Rocky's got a great young core. I think there's a lot of talent on this Isotopes roster. Who's making a case to make the big league roster next year? You know, to be honest, everybody who is who I would give the answer to is already in the big leagues, and that's been the type of the season where the Rockies are rebuilding. Guys get called up. The one that I would say is Michael Peterson, just because he throws 100 miles an hour and he's got a really good slider, right? You know, he's got the frame. He has a fresh arm because he'd been hurt in the past. You know, it's like the most intriguing 29-year-old guy who's in AAA because he's only been in AAA for two months. He's 29 years old, but yet he throws 100 miles an hour. He's got this wicked slider, and hardly anybody's ever heard about him. So I, I think that he just has the tools, and in my mind, he's the most intriguing guy in that clubhouse for what he might be able to do in the big leagues because of what I just mentioned. Josh, have a very good broadcast tonight, and thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you for inviting me, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Not tomorrow, because we have a morning game, but the day after. See you Thursday. Yeah, all right. Isn't that the most baseball mentality, to call like a day game a morning game? Sure, <laughs> right. <laughs> good point. Super laid back. Cal, kill that phone, because we got an echo. Cal, good job at the uh, home office. Van, final words? Too much for the time allotted, my friend, but anything we didn't cover, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff and JJ. I'm going to spend all tonight cutting up Aaron Rodgers' highlights, so I should be available pretty quick for whatever. Good job, everyone, GG. See you tomorrow, okay?